Hi, I'm Dave Jacques. And I'm Chris Mitchell, and this is Into Istanbul, a podcast which looks at one theme each episode as it relates to the city of Istanbul. This episode, we're going to look at Istanbul as comedic. You know, Istanbul is not thought of as a very funny city or as a city where a lot of great comedy comes from. Large part of that is because of the news and the seriousness going on around here, but you know, where, where there's a lot of drama, I think there also is a lot of room for satire and for comedy. And even though the comedy scene here is obviously largely in Turkish, I think there is a pretty big English comedy scene here, right? Nice segue. Um, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, in light of that, we're having on our, our pal Tyler Dennison, and he's a big part of the English comedy scene that you so, so politely referenced. Um, and he's been... <laughs> we're laughing too, right? Istanbul is comedic. Um, so Tyler was looking to come on and talk about his experience as part of a two-man comedy troupe or improv troupe known as Ephemerata. Um, he'll explain a little bit more about what that's all about, but he's a big part of uh, what comedy is to the, to the expat community in Istanbul. Uh, yeah, my name's Froggy Johnson. No, uh, <laughs> uh, my name's Tyler Dennison. I'm a resident of Istanbul, uh, American, and yeah, I don't know. I'm here with these two, two good-looking boys. <laughs> I was I was wondering where you're gonna take that, so I appreciate that. Yeah, you went in that direction. I'm gonna keep it PG-13, I think, for at least a little while. The explicit uh, tag really hurts yeah. my non-existent traffic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I can get raunch if you want. But... Filters this off a yeah. few lists. So <laughs> be nice. We need all the available avenues we can yeah. get. Why are you talking to us today? Well, uh, the the name of this episode is Istanbul is comedic, and uh, I've had some experience in the comedy scene in Istanbul over the past seven or so years, maybe six. Uh, so yeah. That's uh, that's why I'm here. I'm doing like mostly improv, but I've had some sketch comedy experience as well in the, in the past. Were you uh, into comedy before you came to Istanbul, or is that something it brought out, like Istanbul brought out in you? Uh, the latter. Uh, I mean, I I would say I've I've been into comedy, but I never really did it. Like when I was younger, I moved around a lot, and the way that I made friends was by being a being a class clown, mm-hmm. and like every single I swear to get like. I swear to fucking God. There we go. There we go. Ruin the ratings. Uh, I'm dangerous. No. Uh, like every report card or progress report until grad school said, like, good student, but needs to stop acting up in class. I think that's just how I made friends because I was moving around a lot. Uh, but I never acted. Uh, my little sister is a really amazing actress in the theater, mostly. And uh, I don't know. I just felt, like, not confident enough. But when I came here... A couple years after I came here, a couple friends like sort of pushed me to get into it, and then I, uh, yeah, I really loved it. You said you moved around a lot. What brought you to Istanbul? Oh uh, yeah, that's a long story, but I'll cut it short. Like, it's alright. We can just edit it out. The boring. Yeah. Part. <laughs> uh, I was out of school and I was working for Comcast and not really sure what I was doing with my life. And I knew I wanted to go back to grad school eventually, but living the dream essentially. Living the dream, you know, just. <laughs> Just climbing those towers and <laughs> and just 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 giving people free cable for BJ's, you know, like <laughs> whatever you gotta do, you gotta live, bro. Uh, no, but 
It, I mean, it's not a horrible job, but yeah, you're kind of working for an evil empire. So. <laughs> uh, but I like as as my work study job in school, I did some cable stuff. So I was mm-hmm. like, well, whatever, I'll do this for a while, make some money, and then travel. And my plan was to go teach in China, actually Taiwan, Republic of China, and brush up on my Mandarin and get ready for grad school and get my head right. Mm-hmm. But uh, I flew to Paris, and I was traveling to China by land, and then I was going to get to Taiwan. And I got stuck here, basically, and I stayed, and I stayed, and I stayed. Uh, I was, I mean, I was, I stayed because I, partly because I fell in love with the city, and partly because I was running out of money, and I was worried that I'd get, like, homeless in Uzbekistan. So, <laughs> yeah. so I was like, well, this is a great city. I'll stay here for a while. And then, and then I've been here for almost 10 Maybe years. they have great social services over there. They, yeah, they do. Yeah. Unless you look like me, I guess. <laughs> Safety net is yeah. top notch. Yeah. You, you talked about, um, your experience. So you, you've dappled in comedy for seven or so years. Can you talk about a little bit about that progression and sort of what you do in, in, in comedy here? Yeah, sure. Uh, like like I said, a couple friends kind of pushed me into getting started, and I uh, joined this group called Square Peg Theater Troupe that's uh, defunct now, but a friend of mine, Heather, started it. And it was really like the first, as far as I'm aware, the first like avenue for English language comedy in uh, in Istanbul. And it was mostly expats with some Turks, uh, and it was mostly sketch comedy, often dealing with the trials and tribulations of being a, you know foreigner in, in Istanbul with first world problems and hang-ups and things like that. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and that kind of went under for various reasons. And I got started doing improv with my friend Curtis, who I met through Square Peg. And he saw, he's actually a really experienced improviser. He's been doing it for years and years. And he studied in Chicago. And he saw some promise in me. And we decided to do like a two-man show. And uh, we've been doing that for a few years, and then the improv scene has grown uh, a lot lately. What do you think he saw in you, Tyler? Well, I would say it's my 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 rapier wit <laughs> and my knavish charm. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I have a question. Yeah. Are you cast because you're the version of a white guy, like they have the one white guy in those North Korean propaganda films, <laughs> bring out the one American guy? <laughs> You mean in the in the square peg thing, yeah. like in the past? Well, I mean, it was, we were mostly that token white guy, yeah. But uh, there were—I remember, like one of our shows, uh, the whole thing was making fun of Yabanjilar, like foreigners, and a lot of them were just yeah making fun of yeah people like us, like mm-hmm. you know it, and it it's relatable because you know for us to go to a hospital with you know a UTI or whatever, it's like a <laughs> It's a daunting experience, <laughs> you know. Like it's you're you're climbing the climbing through purgatory. It's it's horrible, but it can be very funny, you know, and it's relatable and uh, stuff like that. You, yeah, you sort of <clears throat> have to laugh at these things. Like yeah, t- I'll say today for example, and there's usually a few examples a day. But today I was uh, going to the bank and <clears throat> I put my card in, and this like English message, which I'm assuming was poorly translated, but it was alarming. It was like, your account's been blocked. Please go see the teller. And I was like, oh my goodness. I mean that's that seems pretty yeah, like, That's some horrible. That's, I, was, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, uh, okay. So I go inside, I go to the woman. I'm like, English, if you're almost nosy, speak. And like, the woman kind of laughs and points over the corner to some other woman. And they're kind of just like, oh, you bungees. Yeah. You know, I was like, this is a serious issue. Like my financial life's in question here. And eventually, they just 
sort of like they gave my car back like no it's okay now and i was like am i just supposed to walk away and they just sort of all proceeded to laugh at me and i walked away and i was like oh kolai galson you know have a nice day yeah. but inside yeah you had to laugh because i was like i feel I feel mildly <laughs> persecuted so, yeah yeah <laughs> and you know there's like there's so much kind of missing that that uh between the exchange you're just like i'm in a bad way and you guys need to help me <laughs> how this how is your turkish I have well I mean it fits this this episode it's pretty laughable no, <laughs> no I, yeah I've been here for almost 10 years it's okay I mean I get by I'm not as good as some of my friends who are like really really fluent but I can survive and and chuckle it up sometimes do you find yourself catching sometimes in a situation like Chris's you know when they start speaking in Turkish kind of talking shit about you oh yeah do you catch that and just like yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like yeah don't step. <laughs> Actually, I don't say that because I'm really passive aggressive. I walk out and grumble and, and oh, they were talking about me and, and then write about it on Facebook and or act it out, you yeah, know. <laughs> and it comes out cathartically later, or whatever. But yeah, no, I, I get that a lot. Also, like if I don't open my mouth, a lot of people think I'm Turkish because mm-hmm. of my enormous nose. I kind of look like I'm from the Black Sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I used to teach like big classes, English they were convinced that I was like either Turkish or CIA, you know? <laughs> so a... they'd be like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from America. They're like, yeah, right, you know? And like in Turkish, they're like, yeah, right, Trabzon, Trabzon. <laughs> like, I'm not from Trabzon, I'm from New Hampshire. And they're like, oh, Chumlahemshin, Chumlahemshin. And, because it sounds like New Hampshire. And, and they're just like convinced that I was either faking it. And also like, I don't know if you guys do this sometimes, uh, but like, you know, you people are talking in Turkish and you just sort of nod and oh, they yeah. look at them knowingly. Even if you're like kind of lost, or like you get fifty percent, mm-hmm. you just you sort of nod along, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, he understands. We gotta shut up. Like <laughs> he knows what we're talking about." I used to do that all the time when I first got here, when I knew like zero Turkish. I just sort of fake it till you make it, you know? Yeah, it's a great approach. I mean, it's good acting practice. I think if you yeah. think about it. Yeah, sure. I yeah, could, I could go right on stage right now. It's on the nonverbal communication. I mean, it's, and it's really important, you know, like uh, like with improv, the type of improv I do, like a lot of it is just watching and listening it's not like a chuckle a minute like it's not supposed to be mm-hmm. like you don't go out there to be funny because you're probably going to ruin it you go out there to be a human being on the stage and with real problems and real hang-ups and stuff like that so yeah i mean that is totally part of it for sure yeah just to hop on on board that um for people who don't know you went from square peg and then you if i'm correct you started doing ephemerata yeah yeah and and so that's where you and Curtis are doing a little something. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? I mean, sure. You yeah. can talk about the transition from Square Peg to that, or how that all went down. But um, that's how I got to know you through that, and uh, I was laughing. So you know, <laughs> nice. Well, thank you. <laughs> Effusive praise from the host. <laughs> yeah, sort of a condescending. Yeah. I was laughing, yeah. but I'm not, but I, mean, I can't talk about those guys over there. But I was definitely chuckling at your Everyone misfortune. Everyone else seemed very perturbed <laughs> yeah, yeah. and upset. I, I, I was, I was laughing at your misfortune. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, like around around the time that uh, Square Peg was sort of ending, because the the theater we had was uh, we had to move and expenses and things like that. Uh, I was getting started with Curtis, like I mentioned before, he saw potential uh, because we kind of got along, and we do, and we started practicing it, and it actually we we gelled much faster than we expected. And what we do is we do this show that's like 40, 50 minutes long, and it's basically just a one-act play that's completely made up, 
we don't start with any suggestions like kind of normal improv uh, shows do. We just start by looking at each other. Lights come up, and then somebody starts, one of us starts it, and it just goes from there. And, you know, we explore quirky characters in their lives and things like that over the course of several scenes and, what, 40-odd minutes? And, yeah, it's really fun. It's uh, really uh, the best I could hope for out of, like, a, you know, a theater or comedy experience. I've done a little bit of improv, like, in high school, sort of drama class, you know, I'd take in... I think it looks very easy from stage when you're watching Whose Line Is It Anyway, but it's very difficult. So how long of a learning curve have you had to where you could get to the point of performing for 40 minutes? We worked on the show for a month, uh, and then we started performing it, and yeah, it went well. I think part of the reason why is, uh, like, I'm I'm no expert at improv or or professional by any means, uh, but... I think one reason why our show works really well, and I I was able to kind of quickly get into it, is because just uh, Curtis and I really, like, we just hit it off really quickly, and we connect, and we can completely trust each other on stage, and uh, which, yeah, I mean, it's like a super, like, uh, he's my hetero life partner, like, <laughs> like we really, like, uh, so, so like David we, com- pretty much. we complete each other, yeah, <laughs> like you two, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, like, we've been doing for the past few years, there are workshops that we do every week where, like, beginners, anybody can show up, and we do uh, we do stuff there. I haven't been going lately because of just my work schedule, but, uh, and I, when I'm there, though, I, I mean, I, I enjoy playing with other uh, other people there, but, you know, it's never as effortless as it is with, with Chris. I think that's the one reason why, like, when I say, like, I did it for a month and then started performing, a lot of people are going to be like, Who's this Jamoke? You know, like, but uh, yeah, it, that's that's how it happened. And we've been performing for like a few years now. Went to a festival in Greece last year, and yeah, things are good. Can do you have any horror stories about just starting out? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> most most <definitely>. absolutely. <laughs> uh, well, they're kind of like some normal ones, like uh, you know, trying to find a venue. Sometimes that can be hard. We had a great theater in Tarlabasha with square peg but then when that was gone we did we had to kind of jump around different places i would say the biggest horror show was uh we got invited to do our th- performance in front of like this thing called the, like the turkish american cultural center or something like that i forget the exact name and maybe it's better that i don't like directly throw shade at them but <laughs> but we we're like oh that sounds cool it sounds like i don't know like bigger exposure like a new group to perform in front of and we went to th- go to it and it was like a group of old ladies just sitting around like a knitting club and then they didn't speak any English our show was in English so we had to like explain it in Turkish haltingly and then there was a lady who kind of spoke a little bit of English and she's like I'll translate while you're performing so we were performing and she was you know giving a line by line like sort of sports <laughs> commentary they're eat- drinking wine they're playing basketball nope wine basketball and like half of the time (laughs) half of the time she was off and didn't know and it was just we went for like maybe five minutes and then we're like okay we gotta we gotta cut it (laughs) yeah this is awful and then when we finished old ladies are just looking at us like we're their grandson and it's beautiful and all their questions were about like oh you're foreigner how long have you been in turkey you know those sort of you know do you speak turkish where do you from half of them were like jehovah's witnesses and they were they came came strong after (laughs) us but 
Yeah, that was probably the worst, I think. We've had a couple of shows that didn't really work. Like, we're kind of off our game, but I would say that's the big. I guess that's, uh, that whole story is a bit of a microcosm for how how can your show, which, which, which is primarily from the expat point of view and primarily made up of expats, I mean, at least the two of you guys are both uh, expats, uh, how that sort of intersects with Istanbul and Turkey at large. Can you speak about like how, I mean, whether it's sort of like reflecting or whether it's sort of whatever it could be, how do you think your show interacts with the city and with the country? Uh, or does it? That's a good question. I don't think, to be honest, I don't think like our show, Ephemerata specifically, deals, uh, like relates, I don't know, at least explicitly. Like, of course, our, who we are as people come into it and we both, both Curtis and I have lived in the city for a long time, but uh, we're, I think part of what we're trying to do is just be more like universally relatable. Like a lot of what goes on, like fights between husband and wives or boyfriends and girlfriends or drug dealers and orangutan, like just uh, normal stuff, like <laughs> couriers, like, th- like, you know, you'll get yucks out of it no matter who you are, hopefully. <laughs> I think uh, the other group uh, that performs with us, the CLAP, uh, they, I think, maybe do a better job of relating to the the city more than more than us. And there's this one like short thing we do during our shows, like sort of the the halftime, which is a, a day in the life where we invite a person on stage to be interviewed and talk about their day. And then Curtis and the clap, the other group, perform it while I handle the lights. And that often goes into what's silly about uh, and crazy about Istanbul day in the life. You bring up another comedy group. What is the comedy scene like in Istanbul? Is there a big English language one? Is it a tight knit group? Do you all kind of interact with each other? What's it like? Uh, yeah, it's growing every every month and every year. Like there are there are two groups that were really uh, close. This group that I mentioned, the Clap, which uh, is usually the performance is like several people, like maybe six or seven, sometimes five, depending on people's schedules and. And in the workshops, if people show promise, sometimes they get uh, they get into the performing team for that. Uh, so it's it's them, and then it's Ephemerata, myself, and and Curtis, who usually do the workshops in Taksim. But as I've seen as over the years, it's definitely growing. Like there are there's now a new uh, Asian side improv uh, group that's growing with workshops and uh, sort of the jams. Improv jams are like you know short short form where people from the audience can participate uh a friend of mine karen is running that on the asian side now uh there's another group azot run by this guy emra i know that they're all as far as i remember they're all turkish but they they perform in english on in different places but asian side and at festivals and stuff and yeah i mean i think probably before i got into the game there were people around but as far as curtis has told me because he's more of the the Obi-Wan figure, uh, <laughs> he's told me that it was very fractured. Like there were people that had their territory and they didn't really work together and they didn't invite each other to their festivals. But, uh, and it's still a little bit segregated, I would say. Not because we hate each other, but just because of... Turf such... wars. Gang wars. Well, there's that. And the that dude I capped because he, he stepped on my line <laughs> and didn't do the yes and, you know. That <laughs> jackass. No, but... Uh, I think it's just because the city's so huge, you know? Like, if you live in Kadikoy, it's not easy to come over every Wednesday for a 
for an a improv workshop. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or to come from Bostanja to Osman Bay. Sure. For a podcast recording. Sure. <laughs> You're coming from Bostanja? Yeah, that's right. Good Lord. That's, geez. that's Dave being bitter. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I can drop him out of, of, of the, the little Heather life made thing and just be me, myself, and I. Yeah. Getting separated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> trial period. <laughs> what about, is there, do you know anything about a Turkish improv scene? You mentioned that there was a Turkish group speaking English, but do you know more Turkish? Yeah, the, the, the one of the theaters we perform at, like we, we've been performing in a place in Besiktas called uh, Bekame Mutfaksane, which is uh, kitchen stage, I guess, how you translate it. And it's kind of a small place where there's like uh, Turkish stand-up and uh, sketch comedy shows that are in English. And then our, we do our improv thing there too. And then the other the other place where we perform in Taksim in Beolu is called Yota. Uh, comedy sonesy and they have a lot of they started as like Turkish improv the guy who runs it this uh, lovely man named Nuri he he does workshops in Turkish and they have a, now they have a lot of groups that have grown out of their workshops um, I can't even count them uh, yeah it's uh, Turkish improv is like Turkish language improv is definitely thriving more I would say well I don't know uh, maybe it's about equal but it's been thriving longer for sure than like English language people did not bring improv yeah, yeah, to the city right. or comedy. And I guess on that note, do you feel like uh I mean, do you feel like Istanbul has that comedic edge to it? I mean, I don't know, there are some cities you don't want to compare it to the great cities of comedy in the world, but I mean you go to New York and you just think like there are people who are observing every small move to spin that into a comedy routine and I was curious, do you get the sense that there's there is a sort of a, a comedy edge or like, you know, some sort of comedic nature to the city? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there is. For a city as large it is, as it is, it, it's maybe not as big as it should be compared to somewhere like New York or Chicago. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's definitely there. There are a lot of sketch comedy groups in, in Turkish, especially in like Besiktas. Uh, there's a lot of there are a lot of stand-up people. I mean, Cem Yilmaz is maybe the most famous, but there's a rich tradition of Turkish stand-up, I would say. And and uh, yeah, I mean, and I would say Istanbulites are, you know, maybe it's not the most famous stereotype, but they're pretty witty, funny people. They can be. Um, I mean, just look back at like, don't want to drop a political bomb, but like back at the Gezi protests, like the funny stuff that was coming out of that, like this. There's a lot of like sarcastic political humor right. in, in Turkish culture that that is really funny and really rich, like from Leman Kultur, which is like does cartoons and stuff like that, and and uh, Penguin and things like that. Uh, yeah, I, I would say it's yeah, it's definitely there. It just maybe you got to dig a little bit. Could you compare and contrast kind of humor styles? Because I feel when you go to different countries you see, you, you know, you watch another country's television, you realize, like, that I just don't get this. Yeah. You know, and you hear about people who watch American television, you're like, oh, it's just fart jokes or whatever. Yeah, Gall- kind of, Gallagher. Yeah, 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 just, I would just smash his watermelon. Yeah. Like, this is... Smash his watermelon, it would be really racist for a while. <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, So, yeah, can you kind of compare, like, the humor styles that you brought up an aspect of Turkish humor? Uh... I think what I've what I, I mean I I'm not no expert but what I, what I've observed uh, 
in Turkish comedy, there's a lot of, I guess you could call it like situational comedy, like observational situational comedy, like observations about family life or how domus drivers act or uh, almost Seinfeldian in their, you know, like how they look at the minutia of daily life. Uh, a lot of it, I mean, is over my head and I don't find it and some of it I understand and don't find funny mm -hmm. but some of it when I know when you're like oh yeah I've definitely seen that because you've been here long enough to kind of get enough Turkish culture in you to like understand it I would say but f yeah for sure like cultural divides uh humor is a big one that often doesn't translate I would say but uh but a lot I don't know how you guys are but like a lot of my Turkish friends they love like Lucy K and Chris Rock and uh you know, Patrice O'Neill, you know, rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, so I feel like a lot of them have that humor to them, like that sort of more American style mm -hmm. humor. But as far as like stand up comedians or sketch comedians, I would say uh, observational, situational kind of stuff. I remember in uh, <clears throat> Korea, when Brie and I were living in South Korea, like there were all these comedy shows that would come on, and the comedy shows would be more or less like glorified slapstick you know it'd be like, it'd right. be like, like you know no no disrespect to South Korea or, or anything like that but like you turn on the TV or whatever we had anything like that but like you turn on the TV or whatever we had we had Turkish cable that was just at our place we just we didn't pay for it but it was part of our package for teaching our school and like well just watch it and we're like all right so we turn on and be like very stereotypical like like a guy dressed up like a monkey getting hit in the face with a pie and the crowd was just going ballistic and it was kind of like yeah I'm, yeah. yeah I'm not into this <laughs> yeah. but but I guess it's like a knockoff Benny Hill yeah th there's just yeah. there's just there's just levels and I mean in Canada you're like just for laughs and, and which was a great great stand-up but then they have gags right where it's just like you're playing pranks on people but they're like extremely polite pranks and it's like Canadians get their their jollies off on being like oh my goodness that was mildly offensive. Like yeah. that was not polite at all. You know, yeah. it's like that. So it always relates to some I don't know enduring like characteristic of of the people. I don't know. Yeah, and I would say like in Turkey, uh, the mainstream comedies on TV are abhorrent. Uh, not on TV, sorry, in, in the cinema, and then later on TV, I guess. But <laughs> I feel like abhorrent. They're horrible, like abominable garbage, like uh, like Recep Ivedi. Yeah. Like that's like that's basically Joe Dirt. Like <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> making fun of uh, uneducated people and and a lot of it a lot of those comedy the the ones I've been able to sit through and and you know not yak all over it's uh it's been yeah more slapstick I would say more ridiculous humor like mm -hmm. Three Stooges nyuk 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 type stuff uh but as far as like I would say like the stage comedy I would I would say it's a bit more sophisticated from what I've seen. Mm -hmm. It's funny you bring up Recep Ivedek, because even though it is sort of this cartoonish version of, uh, you know, uh, observational comedy, it is still, like, a lot of the running joke that, for people who don't know, Recep Ivedek is just this g gorilla of a man. You yeah. can describe him as, who's just, the guy's got glued hair all yeah. over his body. He's a corpulent Robin Williams finger. <laughs> it's basically, like, like that's kind of... <laughs> May he rest in peace too. That's the yeah. second dead guy I've referenced. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. He's really Sorry. funny. <laughs> it's really getting funny. dark. It's getting dark. <laughs> yeah. He's he is the uh, he is the a manifestation of all the like over Turkishness bravado and yeah. who's 
yeah. coming from Eastern Anatolia, who is totally incapable of adapting to modern culture. You know, yeah. just like punching the phone and then he just starts swearing at the desk clerk because he can't because he can't get a hold of someone. Yeah. You know? I think, and for a lot of people, I mean, those movies are extremely popular, and uh, I it works in some way. It must like I, just like maybe like we can't really relate to. Uh, Norbit or Pluto Nash or whatever, you know, like a lot of people like to buy that. Uh, but we all watched the first movie, <clears throat> Professor. Yeah, that's true. Uh, another thing I would say with that is like uh, what gets me a lot with movies, and not to sound like a snob or anything, is just sometimes like I can't get over like cinematography choices or acting choices and things like that kind of take me out of the trying to understand it. But back to what you were saying though about the whole like macho. Uh, fish out of water from Anatolia, like that's also like a rich tradition in Turkish comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, like Lemon Kultur, as far as I recall, kind of one of their big things that they've been doing since the 70s was this sort of Maganda type dude, very Recep Ibadik, like you know, shirt open, gold chain, being horrible to women, and mm-hmm. it was like a, it was a satire of of that. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's been around for a while for sure, and I think they did it more cleverly, but yeah. Yeah, I would I definitely believe that Recep Ivadik was not an original force right. yeah. in the Turkish comedic right. world. Yeah, it's basically a remake of Usual Suspects, but like with with a large gorilla man. <laughs> but everyone knows who Kaiser Soze is. Yeah, he says, like, the first line is like, you know, Benim Adam Kaiser Soze. Like, well, fuck, I'm leaving the theater now. Yeah, I don't care anymore. This movie sucks. What do you think, if you can recall this off the top of your head, what do you think your funniest moment has been in Istanbul at a show or elsewhere? Can you recall a specific moment where you thought, that was hilarious? Oh, man. Uh, there have been a lot. And I'm famously bad at remembering even the own sh- the shows that I've done myself. Like, ask me what our show was about a day after. and It's really hard to remember because it kind of goes by really quickly. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I'd say pretty much whenever my... F- friend Chris Wall is on stage I just like I lose it he's just so uh for all you out there that don't know him <laughs> now yeah I've got his friend Chris he, he does improv I mean he does sketch comedy stuff and he's he's just like the funniest dude and uh yep yeah, I would say that's the easiest answer otherwise it would take me a while to think about it I guess fair enough um what are your plans from here do you have a are you going to use a Turkish bank to stash the millions or are you going American Bank to stash the... No, I'm all Swiss, bro. <laughs> Gotta keep it Swiss. <laughs> or Cayman. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like... <laughs> I, it's, you know, it's just a joke. But, yeah, like, we definitely don't do it for for the for the, for the the Kevin, you know, the bacon. <laughs> uh, we... The money we... The proceeds we make go to, like, rent and for the workshop space and, and maybe towards, like, getting new venues. But, uh... I mean, I guess probably what we'd want to do in the next year is go to more international festivals, like uh, maybe even both groups. Uh, but yeah, and hopefully grow the scene. Like every month, more people uh, come to the Wednesday uh, workshops, and I highly recommend if you're interested, check out English Improv in Istanbul on Facebook, and yeah, come on down to Taxim and check it out. Just don't. Uh, do too many dick jokes, because we already got that covered, I think. <laughs> How would you compare your guys' comedic style, if you had to? Someone... Between, like, us and other people in, in Istanbul, yeah. I mean? 
Or, you know, maybe more well-known in the U.S. Huh. Well, it, I guess it depends on what you're looking for, because we're really not... Uh, we're doing what's called long-form improv, and I think most of the famous improv in the States and other countries is more like the Whose Line Is It Anyway short-form games, which uh, is kind of a separate medium from long-form. Uh, and then there's stand-up, of course, which is uh, very different, but... Yeah, we, it's like, it's slower comedy. I don't know, we, we really explore the space and the, the pauses between things. And we still try to be funny, but it's not like a, it's not like a joke, joke machine. Like, it's more like, like Curtis, my friend always says, like, just being a person, you know? I think he got that from his mentor, but, uh, yeah, more like, and from those being people on the stage, funny things often come out, uh, so... I think that's one big difference. I guess, like, uh, another thing we can compare it to is we're basically, like, a poor man's version of probably the best improv group in the world, which is TJ and Dave out of uh, out of Chicago. Uh, they do... I mean, we basically adopted our format from them, and and uh, they're just the, the best at what they do. They're just great. And we try to be as good as we can. Okay. I guess maybe what I should have asked would be a better question... You bring up that you do a lot of jokes about being your bonges in Istanbul, but do you have other subject matter that you oh, cover a lot? Well, yeah, like back in the day, like in Square Peg, we did a lot of like, yeah, joking around about being uh, your bonges. Kurt, like, Ephemerata doesn't really do that. We don't really go there. Uh, and that only really comes up in the shows, like during that day in the life interview that we were talking about. I mean, we just anything can happen like we start from nothing like we just go out on stage say our names and then like the classic thing we say is like uh, this is going to be a play that has never been performed before and never will be performed again the lights go down and we just stare at each other until something comes up we sort of investigate our each other's faces and the way we're standing and then something like you know shit day huh and then it goes from there and we explore, like, we're exploring and discovering who we are on stage as the audience is, too, which is a really special thing, I think. So, I I mean, it's hard to categorize us as one type of, I guess if you're going to put us in a a, uh, a category, I would say, like, scat porn, but, I mean, no, no, like, probably not that deep, but, uh, no, I, I don't know, we're just, like, normal dudes on stage yucking it up. Uh, a lot of boner jokes, I think that, that comes up a lot, but... I don't know. It's pretty normal. Like, I might be like an old lady who's dying, and it can get really dark. You know, it's like, it can really change. Like, uh, yeah. I recommend you come see it. It's different every time. So, well, when you sell it that way. Yeah, I was going to say, I'll, yeah. come, I'll come see that again. I think I've seen it a few, few times, but I have to come back now. Um, yeah. I remember, like, your your first guest on there is a very, is a good friend of mine. I, I love that guy. I remember he, like, came to a show, and it was one of our better ones at the time, and he liked it. And then next time he came back, he's like, you got to do that CIA one again. <laughs> and he's kind of a big dude. He's a bit intimidating. So I was like, no, but uh, I hope you like it. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Yeah. So for all your fans out there, just the countless fans, um, like ours. I mean, yeah. I think it's just innumerable. Like, just yeah. innumerable. I mean, you, you just almost lose count after a while, hence countless. But uh, do you have anything you want to say to them? I mean, we firstly, we obviously really appreciate having you on here and you taking time with us. But I mean, this is your your real 
you know, you thought you were the stage before. I mean, here you are now on uh, Istanbul's sort of freshest, most exciting podcast. I mean, what do you want to say? Uh, well, I guess first, thanks for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I guess if I'm speaking directly to my fans, I should probably bring my bring my radio voice in. It gets a bit lower and more like Sade here. Uh, no, I guess I, what I'd say is, uh, yeah, like much like most things in Istanbul, like it's a big, hectic city and it can seem really intimidating, but get out there. Don't just like jerk it on the reg at home, like watching twilight or whatever like go out there and experience things and look on facebook and uh there's a lot of things like there's a there's spoken word at this place arsene lupin every week where there's a lot of comedy there there's also other stuff like poetry readings there's take me up the bosphorus which is like another spoken word comedy thing check it out on facebook there's english improv in istanbul where we do shit and often we also um post things about other groups there's asian side improv with with Karen um, at this place, Bujek Cafe, I think. Bug Cafe. Uh, yeah, and I, and every now and then there's like a festival in Izmir or Eskishi or things like that if you're in those cities. The far-flung listeners. Uh, you can check those out too. Yeah. Um, I, I would just say get out there and explore, like whether it's a food thing or an, a comedy thing, just you know, check it out. All right, man. Thanks for coming. Thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah, Cheers. Thanks. All right. Good episode this week for the third one, don't you think? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we owe a lot of that to Tyler's really funny guy. I forget what he said, but it was something like his knavish charm. Yeah, he was just dripping in knavish charm. Um, I guess. Anyways, we, we thank him sincerely. Um, if you do want to check out his stuff, as he said earlier in the episode, you go to um, English Improv in Istanbul, the the group there. It's not just his stuff, it's the, it's the actual improv scene in general. Um, and he is really a funny guy as I hope that came across and also very talented <clears throat> his, don't let his humility deceive you he's, he's a really funny guy he is very funny and he brought up a few Turkish comedians and we just wanted to point out for all of our viewers in case you're interested in hearing more about Turkish comedy or getting a first hand perspective he brings up Jim Yilmaz who's a very famous comedian in Turkey probably the most famous uh, he has a film Gora is a classic uh, there's also these films that are kind of the fart humor of Turkey called Recep Ivedik, and both the films kind of make fun of these old Turkish men coming from Eastern Anatolia who can't quite adapt to modern day society. Right. When I first came to Turkey, uh, I was introduced to Hababam Sinifa, which is uh, roughly translated to the chaos class and, tr- and then follows the trials and tribulations in, in many parts. And this movie was highly successful about a, a very chaotic class causing just just a nightmare for their teachers. And you can imagine coming over here as a, as a teacher, I was like, oh, great. Great, <laughs> fantastic. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah, and that's also a cult film. So both these, they give you kind of the Turkish Hollywood perspective and also the sort of indie uh, Turkish film industry perspective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, We'll just give you a little teaser for the next episode because that's what you do. 
Um, the next episode, we'll be looking at Istanbul as photogenic. We have a great guest on. Uh, we both really like her. He were being her. Yes, we realize we this has been a very male-dominated podcast, and Tyler with the penis jokes probably highlighted that to the nth degree. So we want to balance it out, give you guys also perspective of what a female perspective is like in Istanbul. Yeah, we want to really thank our listeners so far. Um, you know, I think we're just happy people are listening, but it's incredible to be out in Istanbul and to talk to people who are like, oh, you guys are running that podcast, um, and to know we have a listenership, you know, however big or small, it's really uh, fantastic. So we'll ask if you guys are enjoying it, please kindly <clears throat> share what we're up to, rate us on iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, I should briefly mention that our theme music is Night Owl by Broke for Free. To continue the plugs, if you're interested in reading some of my writing, you can find it at amanwithoutacontinent.com. If you want to see some of my photography, you can see it at amanwithoutacontinent on Instagram. Yeah, um, I'm going to do a slightly larger plug, um, although a shorter, sexier name. So uh, if you want to see my stuff, you can go to www.travelingmitch.com 1L. Um, it's really pretty consistent across the board. Traveling Mitch 1L, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Snapchat, uh, whatever you can possibly think of. Um, any support is greatly appreciated for, for both of us. So we thank you so much for stopping by. Um, come by, maybe not next week, but certainly next episode, and we'll have some more for you. Thank you. Thank you.